so the whole work situation and the environmental situation actually had a toll on my mental health. It happened that I was in Bhutan in September 2017, so just three months before I was about to leave India. And you know, while climbing a mountain, I had a panic attack, and this finally resulted uh, in a tinnitus, and it also resulted in a kind of you know mental change. Whenever I reached lunchtime, I would like feel like a wall is coming in front of my face, and I couldn't think clearly anymore. I felt dizzy, and you know, it was just it was just a mental blockade. So I couldn't really do work anymore, and that was really the point. I, I, I said, okay, I can't work for some time. I really have to get out, and I'll start traveling, and then see what will come up. Welcome to episode four of Cat's podcast. Today I'm having Eileen, my friend Eileen from Berlin on the show. And this is a, basically a conversation from one freelancer to another, discussing how to move away from your typical nine to five, what to do when you're thinking about becoming a freelancer, and also giving you insights into how Eileen has overcome feelings of stress and anxiety in her job and life and how she now manages to keep balance and freedom in her life. And just to give you a little bit of a background here, Eileen and I met in Berlin back in 2011. We were actually flatmates. It was the year that I had just started into my freelance life and she was still studying. We were loosely in touch over the years and then reconnected last summer. From the story she told me, the experiences she made, I felt there was a deeper connection based on our values and our outlook on life. We both had experienced this point of saturation and of being overworked after the first years in our jobs. We both knew something had to change. And each of us dealt with it in our own way, where I went traveling around the world Eileen left India and returned back home to Germany. So happy to have you here. Welcome to Kat's podcast, Eileen. <laughs> Hi, Kat. So to start off with, I just mentioned India. You lived in India for, I think, about five years and worked there. And now you're back in Germany and... I know that India played a crucial part in your life. Tell us a little bit about India and about how your life and your day look like today. Yeah, you're right. I actually lived um, six years in India, so a pretty long time. I came um, the first time to India in 2010 and um, left India with the intention to never come back. But you know how life is some, sometimes just, I mean, it has different paths or different um, different ways for you. Um, so uh, in 2012, I saw a, a job opening from GIZ and applied for it. Um, GIZ is a German development corporation for sustainable development, which is implementing projects on behalf of the German government in like 120 countries in the world. So it was a pretty interesting post you know and I knew I've been to India um, so there was a pretty big chance that they would uh, take me back um, in that job and uh, you know how it played it I got the job finally and um, came to India and uh, met somebody pretty fast there 
And this was one of the reasons um, why I stayed in India. But I'm not sure you have you, you have ever been to India, but you know India has changed over the years and has become environment environmentally more and more challenged. Um, so you know the whole environmental situation really took a toll on me after like I think the first three years. It started that, you know, I, I started fantasizing about forests and, you know, greenery and seeing uh, like breathing fresh air. But at that point, you know, it wasn't it wasn't so pressing because I really loved my job. So, you know, um, the, the happiness in the job really overtook um, the challenges I faced with the environment. But then, you know, slowly and gradually, there was a change in leadership and um, the whole situation at work changed. So, you know, the situation at work together now with these environmental challenges really led to my decision in the end of 2017 that I said, I have to leave India and I really have to, um, I have to come out and go back to Germany and do something different. And um, my first intention was I, I will quit my job and I will travel for one year. Mm -hmm. Can I just, Jump in here. I've been to India and I know there are also parts in India where you've got beautiful nature and mm -hmm. where you're surrounded by, by greenery, by lush forests. But mm -hmm. you were in Delhi, right? So this is like a whole different situation. Exactly. I, I would have wished to live somewhere in the Himalayas or or in, in Goa, you know, with the greenery and, and, and all the nice surroundings. But unfortunately, I was in, in Delhi and it's a city that is hard to get out of because okay. it takes approximately two to three hours sometimes to just get out of the city. So weekend trips are really not a feasible option as well. All right. I see. Okay. That's a, that's a big point because... Living in Berlin, we both lived, or you you are now in Berlin, living there. In Berlin, it's quite easy. Although it's a big city, you can get out in 30 minutes and you're in the forest or at a lake. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it's much easier to have the freedom to, to move here in Germany um, than in India. So that was really a restricting point that made me leave India, actually. Okay. And was this also the, the experience that made you change your life or change something more in your life? Or was this a different situation or were there more things attached to it? Yes, so the whole work situation and the environmental situation actually had a toll on my mental health. Um, it happened that I was in Bhutan in September 2017, so just three months before I was about to leave India. And, you know, while climbing a mountain, I had a panic attack. And this finally resulted uh, in a tinnitus which I still do have, you know, and it also resulted in a kind of, you know, mental change or twist. I don't know how to explain this in English, but, wow. um, but suddenly, you know, wh whenever I reached lunchtime, I would like feel like a wall is coming in front of my face and I couldn't think clearly anymore. I felt dizzy and, you know, it was just, it was just a mental blockage. 
blockade. So I couldn't really do work anymore. You know, it, it just, everything came together. And that was really the point I, I, I said, okay, I can't work for some time. I really have to get out and I'll start traveling and then see what will come up. Okay. I see. That's, that's major having this kind of physical appearances. And it's super interesting that you're saying that because Io, the, um, my friend I'm interviewing in episode one, she dealt with similar um, things coming up while she was back in an office job. Mm -hmm. And the more people I talk to, the more people tell me, hey, that's something I know, be it like um, having a feeling of overwhelm and being kind of physically stuck or not able to move or being at having headaches or getting diarrhea you know it just built up and it resulted in that in that panic attack in bhutan you know in the mountains which really triggered all the other physical effects or physical not well-being that followed you know whatever you just said it, it's the headache I had you know it's just like I felt like completely overwhelmed in my head you know I couldn't think straight anymore I felt dizzy I would just sit on the sofa and have like panic attacks where I thought oh, oh my god I'm dying you know or I, I, I once did yoga and I thought I'm having a heart attack and I, I ran immediately to a heart doctor who said, no, everything is fine with you. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just your mental health. So you have to change um, something with regard to your mental health. So at that point I was already doing yoga and I was more into physical yoga. And at that point I told my yoga teacher, you know, I have to change also something in my practice. And she said, let's start with breathing exercises, you know, and in the coming weeks, and that was before, just the weeks before I left India, I just did almost every day breathing exercise to calm down, you know, to just, to just relax. And then, yeah, eventually I left um, India around Christmas and really took off for like almost two months doing just nothing. You know, I just went to Austria skiing. I went to Portugal for, for, um, for juice retreat, just, you know, to, to, to come back to myself and really um, get better. But I mean, I, I, It wasn't yet, it wasn't over yet. I still had occasional attacks, you know, but definitely um, it got so much better throughout the last year. Okay, wow. That's so good to hear. And it also shows me that you really have to take the time off or the at least the time to tune in and really work with yourself and center yourself and It's interesting that you also mention uh, um, ma mention the the breath work and the breathing exercises. It's actually it's something that I want to do more, and I think it's so overlooked in our society. We just take it for granted. Well, you just breathe, but no, you don't just breathe. Like a lot of us, we have this, or we we do this shallow breathing, and which is not healthy, and with, which is kind of um, A stress impact for a body so it's um it's interesting you're saying that so 
now you've been living this this new lifestyle for one and a half or almost two years, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So how can you say that um, or what would you say, how have your stress levels, your mental health um, and your general health um, benefited from it? I mean, you said your your anxiety and panic attacks, they they aren't as intense anymore or not as frequent anymore. But can you pinpoint another two to three benefits in particular as well? Mm -hmm. So the whole headache issue, I mean, stopped immediately after I left my job, you know, so that's that you know after lunchtime I would feel like you know a wall is coming in front of my face that has stopped completely so 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 that was a change and this came from taking off my time from work but it also came with a decision that I don't want to go back to the work I had earlier and um, I mean it's it's a bit of coincidence for me that I had a good network from work and uh, one of my work partners uh, my previous work partners approached me afterwards and said okay can you um can you write a study for us do you want to, to do a little bit of freelance uh, work and I said yes I mean why not let let's earn a little bit of money and see um how this how this evolves and uh, I I mean it came from one thing to another other people approached me and you know now i have a like i have a steady consultancy business let's say i consult different organizations as a freelancer but i still do take my time off you know i i, I say like for instance in, in march i was for one month in bali and thailand where i said okay i don't take contracts i really um want that freedom just to go out i have booked now another two months off in november and december where i will go to south america you know just doing my own thing and this really has benefited my health that i can decide now you know when i want to work and on what topics i want to work and um with whom i want to work you know there's no one anymore telling me okay you have to do this and you have to do that and you know it never gives you the appreciation um so this you know this freedom has really really um helped me get better and i don't have these panic attacks frequently anymore but whenever it it just starts i have a good tip for you i do alternative nostril breathing it really helps to calm down the whole nervous system oh great that's a cool tip i i do that from time to time but not regularly maybe i should <laughs> yeah it helps even if you sometimes can't sleep in the night you know just lie down do alternative nostril breathing and it really calms you down you know and takes your attention from the stress you may facing wow that's really good for at night i love yeah. that i never did it at night so i really want to try that That's good. Um, I will definitely come back to this work-life balance or life-work balance topic. But let's jump back because you said you were in kind of a lucky or in a good situation when you decided to quit your permanent job in India. There were people approaching you if you wanted to work for them freelance. And it was basically the same for me. I also kind of stumbled into my self-employment and I had this good network and people were approaching me and it 
just worked out fine. It just grew organically. Nevertheless, do you have any tips for someone who's contemplating that move, getting out of their nine-to-five job? Because this is a big step for a lot of people, clearly. So do you have any any other tips for people listening? Yeah, I think um, just the one tip is just have the courage to do it. And maybe if you don't have the network yet, you know, find some programs that help you to build that network. I, I mean, there's so great programs out there. Uh, I don't know whether I should do advertisement here now for some programs, but there are programs that really um, bring together also people that are in mid-career, um, mid-career movements um, that help you help to bring people together you know to co-create certain things so just do that and otherwise one tip I mean you know the germ Germany doesn't make it easy to be a freelancer I think so a healthy uh, bank account I think is also <laughs> a good tip to have it is unfortunately like that you know because when you become a freelancer immediately you are charged with the health insurance and it's a hefty amount you know it's not it's not a small amount so um, it does help to have a little bit of a backing otherwise you will be more stressed to find clients Right. So so you should have a little bit of a backing um, to support you to overcome like critical situations and to not make you think about money even more. Right. Because if you have to survive and you don't have money, it will stress you probably more out than a normal nine to five job. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And um, let's get back to that further, um, further down in the interview. Mm hmm when we talk about finances. So jumping back to the aspect of work-life balance or how you keep your balance, your health and your freedom, mm -hmm. you just talked about it. And there's one other aspect to it that I'd like to, um, to discuss with you because I find it super interesting. Traveling. A lot of us travel and I know myself that it can, traveling can or not can, it does put so much stress on your system. Often we're not aware of it, but it is. So like hopping onto a plane, even if it's just going onto a plane here in Vienna and flying to Berlin puts, puts kind of a stress onto your body mm -hmm. because you're traveling faster than your body and mind actually made for and this like multiplies when you're going from here to Africa where you've just been or from here to New Zealand so you travel a lot do you have any hacks how to deal with that mm -hmm. so when I travel you know and especially on a long flight uh, to like for instance Indonesia or so I make it a point afterwards to stay in a location for a longer duration or I even turn to now stay my entire vacation in a certain location, you know, not, not okay, arrive in the country and then immediately travel from A to B to C to D, you know, which really puts also stress uh, on the body. So I really stay in a location, you know, find a local yoga place, find like um, really nice, um, healthy uh, restaurants where I, uh, I go usually. And I also start building a routine, even if I'm traveling. 
so that I say, you know, okay, the morning is like breakfast time. Then after that, I work for one, two hours. Um, after that, it, it, it's pool time, you know, then I go for yoga. So I really try to build a routine, um, which also helps, I think, body to know, you know, um, what's happening. But yeah, staying in one location is my tip to do. Wow, these are really good tips. And I think even though it might not be possible to that ex like to that extreme for a lot of people because they only have their two week vacation in a year or three weeks but i think it's such a cool tip staying in one in one location for a little bit longer not running around all the time and building this routine i'm a huge fan of routines i actually just wrote a blog post about it and maybe even um checking in with with what you eat and what's good for your body. I know when you're traveling, you also want to try the local food and everything, but especially when you're staying longer, I think it's such a big point to just come back to your eating habits a little bit and not indulge on everything that, that crosses your way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there are clear health benefits that you have from um, your shift to, to living a freedom lifestyle. But apart from them, what other shifts have taken place in your life since you embarked on this, this new way of living? I can imagine that, or it was at least for me that way, once I started like slowing down a bit, taking the foot off the gas, I've become a better listener and just opening myself more up to to other people's stories and not just and not being that caught up in my own drama. I know I can be, but I'd say not as much as I used to. So what shifts have taken um, place in yourself or in your life since embarking on that freedom journey? Mm -hmm. I think I'm more curious again. You know, earlier I was very content on my knowledge and, you know, on, on what I did. And I would just spend a lot of time resting at home. But now I'm more curious again to understand other contexts, to learn something new, um, to, to go out and explore even cultural, you know, events or just do something else, you know, that really has, has changed. And I think I'm also more happy again. I'm more content, you know, it does happen now again that I wake up and think, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so, I'm so blessed, you know, that I, I can do and spend the day how I want, you know, um, just my husband arrived um, two days ago from India, you know, and I, I can take now the time off to show him around and spend some time with him because I don't need to go to work, you know, where I would just sit and and think oh my god how is he what is he doing so that really gives me the feeling of being content yeah that's so beautiful and it's it's so cool that you can do that that you have this time and you don't have to go to an office just the day after he arrived and be absorbed by work but that you have the time and the freedom to um to spend time with him, him especially in those first days and weeks he's in germany and That must be so feeling so good. And um, and by the way, I'm so happy for you that that he's here now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we waited for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so I have 
another one more question before we head back to the finances. It's nature. From my own experience, I can say that since I've been living a more freedom-filled life, that I have a deeper connection to nature again, that I've kind of reconnected with nature and I'm still reconnecting with it and I'm just more drawn to it. So I'm curious, have there been any changes in your life or do you feel a different connection to nature? I mean, definitely. You know, before I went to India, I never appreciated nature that much. <laughs> But having been completely deprived of nature in Delhi, let's, I don't want to put it on the whole country, but in Delhi, right? Um, that it resulted in me listening to the sound of forests and just fantasizing in my home um, about being in a forest or in the nature has really resulted to, you know, when I came back to Germany to go into parks, um, just sit sometimes idle, listen to uh, birds. And it's really, my husband is Indian. He just came back, uh, as I said, he came back two days ago and he was like, oh, I hear birds chirping again. You know, I, I don't mm. know how's the, how's the sound of birds anymore. So, so you know, being deprived of nature really makes you appreciate the abundance of nature we, we do have in, in Germany. So I love just going in parks and forests. I come originally from a really small place, which is really, really close to nature. And that place has a lot of um, water and channels and small rivers. So being back there, you know, driving with a bicycle through nature is just, it's just the best thing that can happen to you. Mm, that's so awesome to hear. And I find it super interesting as well because everything's relative. So for a person like, like, like me or people who live in Berlin, they're like, oh my gosh, this is so much city. I don't have enough nature. But when you compare it to Delhi, it's probably like nature heaven. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, have, you know, you have sidewalks you can walk on, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't need to walk between cars and people. On a and, highway. <laughs> on a highway, exactly. <laughs> you just, you know, the luxury of having sidewalks, you know, and like calmly and quietly walk on those sidewalks. It's just, <laughs> it's just what, something you start appreciating when you don't have it anymore. Do you have any tips of how like city people can reconnect with nature, even in a city? Yeah, I mean, there's so many parks in the cities, right? And and German cities are really, really green, or many cities across the world are really green. So I think just find your place to go. Or sometimes, you know, now with, with the sharing of cars, you can just take a car or e electronic scooter and go a little bit out and find like lakes, like Berlin, for instance, has so many lakes around, right? So just... Take your helmet, take your bike or even your bicycle and just make a tour outside. There are bicycle ways all across Germany that can be used. So I think it's it's really easy. Take a tent, go out, you know, and just, just enjoy the greenery a little bit. Mm, good. So finances. I know it's a hard shift from nature to finances. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. It's one of the questions I get asked the most. How do you sustain yourself living this freedom lifestyle, living this way? And I remember I, a couple of months ago, I posted something on Instagram and I said, I usually don't work more than four to five months a year. 
Mm-hmm. And I know for a lot of people, this is like unimaginable. They're like, how, how, how can you do that? And I was so thrilled when you commented, yes, exactly. You don't have to work more. So how do you sustain yourself? <laughs> I think the easy thing is working less, earn more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's difficult, you know, and I, I think we in Germany are really in a privileged situation that um, if you have a good network, then you do get consultancy. And in the area I work, it is also well paid. So it is not really... Um, something that I had to struggle with but I know from other people that they struggle and I always tell a friend of mine you know don't sell yourself under under your value and you have to make a point that you want to be paid for that moderation workshop for instance and you don't do it for free right and if all the freelancers would say okay we don't do stuff for free anymore because we also have to sustain then yeah well maybe there could be a shift but yeah I'm in a privileged situation that I earn enough to um, finance my holidays or my free time And I also make it a point that most of my savings, you know, don't doesn't go in like fancy stuff all around, but in vacations, in holidays, where I really learn something new and explore something new. So, 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 it's about you know to find the balance, um, to have not the maybe not the most luxurious house then, but yeah, spend it for vacation. Hmm. So it is kind of a deal that you're making. You say, okay, I. I maybe earn a little bit less or I don't want to work that much, but I don't buy that much anymore either. So it's kind of equaling out. Yeah, exactly. It is equaling out it a little bit. Um, but when I work, then I also work really hard to, to finish certain things fast. So I, I'm, I may be also faster to finish work than others so that gives me again the freedom you know so for me that comes back to having a structure so when I have a job I really go out also in a co-working space to really focus um, on my work but then it's done right and then I have freedom again you know I I try Mm -hmm. to not to procrastinate all the time oh it's so much but really just get it done Mm -hmm. I love that point That's such a good advice. Um, yeah, the faster you're done with things, do you know the easier? Yeah, <laughs> the I more know. free time you have afterwards, right? So, but it's also such a good example for. Just let me rephrase that in a um, in a proper way. So this efficiency, because my feeling is that in a lot of companies or agencies or wherever, in work environments where people are permanently employed. There's so much time literally going to waste because Mm. people can't concentrate after a certain amount of hours or they are not motivated to Mm. work really efficiently. So I Mm. think um, you saying this, you build that structure and then you just get your work done very efficient in a day or in a set amount of time. And then you have your freedom again. But all these incentives come out of your way of living. And also because you know, okay, I get this done, I get that money paid, and then I have 
time off again. I have my freedom again. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're right. Because, you know, in, in a nine to five job, you don't have an incentive to be efficient because you anyway paid, right? And uh, you get your vacation anyway. And, you know, okay, okay, the worst you can, that can happen if you're not super efficient is like they fire you. But uh, it's highly, it's in most of the cases that is unlike. So it really results in you being not efficient because there, there is, is no incentive. And for me, the incentive is the faster I'm done, the more freedom I have again, because then the faster I get my money for certain things. So, so I'm highly motivated when, yeah, when I do things that I really sit those five, six hours. And as you said, I mostly it's not, it, it stops at six hours because this is really the time someone can concentrate. And sitting eight hours at work, I mean, it, it's an illusion that someone really concentrates for eight hours and really works eight hours on a row. I don't believe in that. You know, it, it can happen when you're really under pressure for a deadline, but otherwise um, it, it is not the case. So so most of the time, these eight making people work eight hours just doesn't result in anything. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I I. I believe in the same. <laughs> and yeah. I love that I love that image of an illusion. Yeah. It is, but still like I'd say just off the top of my head probably 80% of the whole work environment in our world is still built on that illusion or is keeping people working in this illusion, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that still companies have not. I mean, a few companies have started changing that policy, you know. But many still insist on that eight hours of working, and as, especially if you work mentally, um, it may not look that hard. But working mentally for eight hours, concentrating, is, in my opinion, is not possible. We no, not it's not. You know? it's no it's not i'm I'm totally with you and that's something that i've experienced working as a freelancer not in my agency job when i was there day in day out but later when i was at home in my home office sitting at my desk alone like focusing for eight hours it's not possible and it's a damn long time <laughs> yes you're absolutely right <laughs> Um, so motivation, I think one of the things you just said, like the faster I'm done, the, the faster I can live my freedom again. That was very motivating. <laughs> What yeah, that's, that's my motivation every day, right? <laughs> when is my next vacation? You know, when, when is the job finished and I can go on my next vacation? Yay. I love that. <laughs> so what's your key tip or motivational line for someone who wants to include more freedom in their life? Mm, well, the easiest would just quit your job, right? <laughs> Or try to, you know, I think in Germany now it's also possible to reduce the time. You know, I would take quality of life any day over the money. So so if you can reduce to six hours um, and if you want to stay in your job, but reduce to six hours and use the rest of the time productive where you learn something new and, you know, where you explore um, new areas. I think that's a good thing. I have a friend, for instance, she said now she wants to work only six hours a day, but wants to use the rest of the time for a completely different field because she, she just studied um, arts and theater and wants to go in that direction now in, in, in her spare time. So to really also 
explore, can you do something interdisciplinary, you know, or something completely different from what you do usually? Okay, I love that. That's awesome because this could also be a great tip for someone who's contemplating that move getting out of their nine to five. As you said, sometimes it needs a bit of strategy or a bit of money on the side. But if you're building, if you're like side hustling already or building kind of an expertise or something up while you're still working, but just reducing your hours in that permanent job, I think that's a that's a pretty smooth and clever way to do it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's a way to go, you know, that people have to have to come back to appreciating more of their freedom. And, and you know, the statistics just show it, right? Uh, there's so many people being having mental issues, you know, feeling stressed. So there, there is a correlation. Uh, and I think it's people have to reduce and really um, come back to, to the life we should have, right? We are not only production machines or work machines, let me call it like this, but we, we are human beings that, that want to enjoy life. Yes, yes. That's why I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> 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 to inspire people to do that. Yes. Yeah. So I got a few rapid fire questions mm -hmm. to wrap this up. Mm -hmm. Summer or winter, what is it for you? It's actually both. I must say, I can't decide. You know, when I read that question, I was like, oh no, what do I have to decide? I can't really decide. <laughs> it's that's, both for me. That's totally okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite country to travel to or do you have a country that's lately um, really interested you? Um, I have two and that represents summer and winter. I really love Iceland, you know, just for the wild nature and, you know, the cold ice. And uh, I love Indonesia because, you know, especially Bali because it's a chill place, uh, a summer place where you can relax. Mm, Bali, I'm already dreaming of it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I make it a point to go there at least once a year now. That's so cool. That's such a great routine. <laughs> 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 and a person who inspired you lately and why did that person inspire you? I don't really have a person that inspires me, but I try to get inspired by everyone I meet on a daily basis to hear what these people are doing. Like I'm inspired by you, what you are trying to do, you know, with the podcast and, and having a new area of expertise. So I, I can't say it, it is, it's just one person's, but these are different people I meet every day and that inspire me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have like an ultimate freedom song, a song that you can dance to and that really makes you feel free and alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. It's actually um, a song I heard in a bar when I was uh, in Indonesia and it's called Song for Zula. I just uh -huh. listened to it. It's, it's, it's somehow it's a song that, that represents the ocean, nature, and makes me feel really happy. So, yeah, song for Zula. <laughs> I have to look that up, and I will definitely put a link to it in the show notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. I, 
I loved this interview and I think it was so straightforward. Maybe that's maybe that's the German side of us. I don't know, but <laughs> I loved it. There were so many great tips in here and I'm really super curious how the listeners like it and what their feedback is and if they can really take and implement things out of it. Yeah, thank yeah. you for having me in your podcast. It was really, really nice to talk also and hear your opinion about certain things regarding the freedom lifestyle. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so good to have you. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Oh, I love this conversation. Thank you so much, Eileen. And thank you so much to all of you for listening. And we're super curious now. Was this helpful for you? Was this interesting? We'd be super grateful for feedback. So if you feel inspired, reach out. You can do this either through the episode web page, which is my website, or through our Instagrams, which will be in the show notes. And also, if you're listening on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating if you like this podcast. And also write a review if you feel inspired. Your ratings and your reviews, they really do matter because iTunes goes country by country. So it's really important that there are a few reviews and ratings in each country so that other people, new listeners, are inspired to tune in. Thank you so much and until next time.